Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And as you know, all month long in December, we are saying bye-bye to what we all had hoped was going to be a great year. And well, didn't we get the last laugh? No, 2020 got the last laugh. That's okay. We are still planning ahead so we can let it go and turn into 2021 with all kinds of great opportunities. So joining me today is Margie Feldhoon, and she is the... The, long, the list of things she does is really fun. So first of all, she's co-owner of Interview Connections, the first and leading podcast booking agency. And I've gotten some great guests from her and her company, which is fantastic. Uh, she and her partner uh, lead an all in-house staff of about 13 people in Rhode Island, which is one of three states I have still, the, they're my three remaining states, Rhode Island, Mississippi, and uh, in Maine. So got to get back up, got to get up there. Because apparently uh, my husband tells me that if you uh, stop on uh, the Amtrak in Rhode Island, but don't get off on the platform, it doesn't count as being in the state. Anyway, that's regardless. <laughs> and Margie has a great history of working with this organization, starting out as a contractor and then moving up, which, you know, we talk about potential and what's all, every time you go into a situation, you have the chance to shock your own potentials. I can't wait to learn a little bit more about that. And if you're watching on our video version, she has an amazing painting behind her because she's really active in animal rescue, organizes a yearly fundraiser called Art for Animals. And strangely enough, she's got a beautiful picture of a pit bull behind her, painter of a pit bull behind her. And she says when she's not busy rescuing pets in need, you can find her listening to true crime podcasts or strolling around Providence. So uh, true crime means that she knows how to follow a mystery. So first of all, Margie, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> you have a little bit of everything. You're like a Renaissance woman. I can't wait. <laughs> so I, I like to just give a couple highlights from the bio, things that I think really stand out to me, but I like you to be able to tell your own story. So tell us a little bit about you, your business, and how you guys help shock people's potential. Yes, absolutely. So I have sort of a unique business owner story because I did not found the business. My 
partner, Jessica, founded the business in 2013, kind of as a VA, you know, a sole VA, and then it grew into niching down to podcast guesting, and then the team grew. And then I came on as a contractor in 2016, and then through an interesting turn of events, I ended up moving back to Rhode Island, which put me in a position to become the first employee in 2017, and that's when we changed the model and started building kind of interview connections as it is now with employees. So we started hiring in-house employees and um, letting our contractors go. And then I became the 50% co-owner at the beginning of 2018. So it was a very fast progression. Yeah. You must have proven your worth pretty quickly. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It definitely, you know, it was about having the, you know, courage to go to my first one-year review as an employee and ask for 50% equity. But obviously a lot happened before that where I was really acting as an owner. Even before I was an owner, I was really all in on the business. I mean, I was like eating and sleeping this business. And now I know as an owner what that means to have a leader in your business like that and how powerful it was. So because I was so all in and so loyal to just into the business, it made it more of a reasonable ask, although still a pretty ballsy ask. It is, but it's great. Um, And what I love about what you said, I take notes throughout, is that you were acting like an owner before you became an owner. And that's one of the common themes that I talk about whenever I'm training on leadership and professional development is that sense of if you're a leader and your team doesn't feel that sense of ownership, then there's there's a disconnect there. And if you're an employee and you don't feel that sense of ownership, there's a disconnect. So, you know, how we bridge those, those gaps is really, really important to build strong businesses. And now more than ever, in fact, you know, when I've been, I was doing a lot of media in the spring about, you know, okay, when the world starts turning again, how do you get back in to get a job if you've been laid off? And my common uh, piece of advice was don't go back in saying, I need this job. Go back saying, I know your business is struggling. Here's how I'm going to help your business. This is how we are going to bring customers back in. This is how we are going to make them feel comfortable. And that level of ownership is what can definitely make the difference between choosing one employee over another, choosing a business over another, choosing a place to work over another is, you know, that's so vital. I'm really impressed that not only you, you did it, but that that was the way you went into it. Yeah. And that's such good advice you're giving. I think people, even if they want to be an employee at a business, not a business owner, listening to podcasts and learning about how businesses work, because you'll hear very quickly that all business owners really want the same couple of things. And if you can have a working knowledge of that, then you're prepared, like you said, to come in and say, hey, I know you're, you know, concerned about customer retention and, you know, you know, growing your profit and this and this and this. I have this experience that I can apply to that and take that on in the business. And that is like a dream come true for any owner. It really, it really is. It's, it's really funny timing too, because I'm, you know, right now taping a segment for something with our app and, and I'm talking about the, in one of my books, the blend uh, philosophy and the D of the word blend stands for deliver an exceptional experience, being mindful Mm -hmm. of the financial return. 
and no business, no nonprofit, no uh, church exists without money and a business model to keep it going. So when people understand that and realize you're not just coming in to do a job that the business then owes you, you are coming in there to keep things going and keep you know the finances running and keep the lights on. And, and when, when we take that, that level of ownership, then think really magical things can happen. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you guys work, you get, uh, I, I found you guys cause you got somebody on your team found me with my podcast and started sending me amazing guests, but tell me a little bit about, you know, with what you do in this process, you help people get on podcasts like mine, you know, what does that do for their businesses? How does that shock their potential? That's such a good question. So one of the biggest things that our clients get is consistent visibility and thought leadership. And especially now in 2020, and as we're getting ready for 2021, the time to lead is now. It's don't wait another year because you're nervous or you don't know what's happening. People are so hungry for leadership right now. Getting your voice out there on podcasts and being a leader for your target audience and even your peers in your industry is so impactful right now. And I think it's so important that people start getting out there now and start establishing that baseline for 2021 and beyond for their thought leadership and visibility. So true. And I love how you wrote, or you said, you know, be there not only for your target audience, but for your peers. And that is, that is, uh, that's really important because not only can you maybe share some great ideas or motivate somebody else, but you know, you, you give this sense of embrace and building, you know, a con building a following behind a whole movement. So if you teach leadership, then the more that are in that and the more that want to follow it, the bigger you build it. So you build, you build a bigger boat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it. So, you know, obviously this month we are focused on helping people let go mentally and emotionally of the garbage of 2020. And I really do think it's interesting because this time last year, I remember I had eight or nine friends who had had a terrible, terrible year personally and professionally in 2019. And they were like, I can't wait for this year to be over. It's all going to be better in 2020. And I'm like, yes, it is. That's a great way to look at it. And you know, 2020 was starting out phenomenally. And then we all hit this wall. Um, And so what I've found is that I don't want to think about 2021 as like this magical solution to everything. I don't ever want to think about that anymore, but I do think there's something symbolic of taking the last month of a calendar year and kind of figuring out how to wipe out some of the cobwebs of what's, you know, frustrated you or, you know, what's felt like you couldn't control and find some things that you can, you know, take control over. So you can go into the next calendar year going, okay, no matter what, I can handle it. So, you know, do you, what are your top tips for people to leave the mucky muck behind of 2020 and really jump into 2021 with all their gusto? Yeah. So I think my biggest tip would be a reframe of what's really important because your Mm. biggest asset, whether you're an entrepreneur or an employee is yourself, your own development. And unfortunately, nothing is better for development than everything falling apart. And I had the worst year of my life in 2015. My life totally fell apart. And then I really did spend the rest of, you know, it was my dad died by suicide in January, 2015. We were incredibly close. I was living in Asia at the time. It was a huge mess. I had to do an international move. I was trying to arrange the funeral with my mom. 
it was an absolute nightmare. And then he was a hoarder. So I had this gigantic six month project of cleaning my parents' house and getting everything in order. And Mm -hmm. it was, I mean, it was a nightmare, but that experience of having to show up powerfully that way and figure that out was really the the definitive beginning of my career as an entrepreneur, even though I didn't have a business for a long time. And that everything fell apart in 2015. And you really are just sprinting to survive. Like you're just going, going, going. And then 2016 was when it started to really hit me. And I saw more of a breakdown of like relationships that hadn't been serving me started to fall apart in 2016. I started to realize I didn't want to be an employee. I didn't like this. And that wasn't fun. Like 2016 wasn't fun, but all this stuff was falling away. And then I got to this climb of 2017. I became an employee because I had to move because my relationship fell apart in another state (laughs) and it seemed like a bad thing. But, and even 2017, I mean, it was tough. I was in, you know, like intense therapy with an incredible, and I am so into therapy for personal development. If you have any trauma, clean it up with a professional, not your friends. They don't need that. Um, But that, I mean, that was huge. So I had this year of like intense therapy and personal development and getting the trauma complete of not just my dad's death, but that brought up all the trauma from my childhood and growing up in a house with parents who had mental illness and, and all this stuff that I then got complete. And I was able to show up so powerfully in the business that it made giving me 50% equity for no buy-in a a really smart move. And Jess is a really smart entrepreneur. And so she did it, even though people were like, are you crazy? (laughs) Um, I don't even, I can't even tell you how many just incredible pearls you shared there. You know, I love how you said reframe what's really important and that this is a good time to do that. We've all had more time where all the other distractions are gone. Um, You know, now there's different distractions depending on where you are. Thank God I don't have little kids running around in the house. um, So I don't have that distraction. But, you know, for me, the distraction of traveling, the distraction of even, you know, I was so focused before COVID, 95% of my business income came from me getting on an airplane to go speak around the world. And all of a sudden there were no airplanes flying. And if there were, there was nobody to listen to me speak. And so it really became crystal clear, not that I wanted it that way, about what was important, what was important in my business, what was important, everything else. And it, and that you're right, it, it fell away. But I also like a couple other things you said, nothing's better for developing yourself than having everything fall apart because you're forced to. Yeah. You have to deal with, well, let me take that back. You don't have to deal with it. Some people don't deal with it, but your choice of dealing with it and dealing with it deep saying, okay, if I'm going to go in, I'm cleaning everything literally out of the house and figuratively out of my psyche, um, that that kind of house cleaning, this is a good opportunity in this month to really just say, all right, going to put it all aside because the moment that calendar flips over on day one of 2021, no matter what happens, I can at least say that I put some of this stuff to bed. Yep. Absolutely. Cleaning house and growing as a person, get a therapist, get whatever you need for that personal development to keep looking inside at that stuff that maybe you don't want to look at and really dealing with it and facing it. 
Well, and you know, um, I'm a big proponent as well. I have, uh, I've worked with a counselor many, many, many times in my life. Um, and I agree with your statement. Don't make your friends, your therapist (laughs) or your family. It's horrible. Don't do it to them. They're not trained for it and they don't want it. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't need that baggage between you either. Um, but you know, what's really interesting too, and thank you for sharing, you know, a little bit about your, your family and mental illness. Um, I suffer from depression. I, I hate to say suffer from it because I don't really suffer from it anymore. And I hate to use that term. It's negative, mm-hmm. but I have, I have, I realized uh, finally in my twenties that I had uh, depression. And so I, I monitor it very closely. I, there's certain things that I do to watch it, to manage mm-hmm. it, to it's from diet, to exercise, all those things. But this is a year where people who have had a lot of things like that under control, um, they are resurging. You know, I have not slept as well. You know, there's, even though I'm not, you know, fixated on catching, you know, COVID, it's always in the back of your, your mind. There's all these different things that are playing at us. And if they're not always at the height of our awareness, they are, they're bouncing around in our noggins somewhere. And this is a great time for anyone, if they've ever seen a therapist to consider you know, just checking in, having mental health check-in, which I talk about a lot, or if you never have, that it's something to pursue because now there's even fewer boundaries by doing it. I think it's nice to do it in person. I prefer that. But, you know, to have virtual appointments where maybe you don't even have to feel concerned about walking into a place, you know, there are people just to, to talk to and help, you know, help clear some of that clutter away as well. Yeah. I love that you said that. Thank you so much for sharing about your depression. I also, you know, I, I mean, I consider myself someone who has depression and anxiety, but like you said, it's not a problem because I figured out, and a lot of it is like lifestyle, diet and exercise, getting enough sleep, but like I figured out how to optimize things and I know my limits. Like if I didn't get enough sleep and I'm really starting to feel negative, I move all the stuff that I have to do that I can move to the next day and I just like call it because I know that it's not effective to grind it out if my mentally I'm not in the right place. But I love that you shared that. And I, I hope that more people will share stuff like that. So people understand that they're not alone because it's so common. And it's interesting you say that today because um, before I, and I started meditating about uh, oh, eight, nine years ago, meditation really helps me a lot. There's where I've got yoga dog. He always reminds me. Um, meditation is a, is a big part of my practice, but, and so I sleep so much better than I ever, than I ever did. But since all this has happened, my sleep has been disrupted again. And I was wide awake at 4.15 this morning and I kept trying to force myself to go back to sleep. And finally at 4.30, I was like, this is 4.40 or something. I'm like, this is stupid. Get up, get up and just do something for a couple hours. And sure enough, I got up and, uh, you know, it worked for two and a half hours. My husband, you know, so four thirty-six or yeah, my husband comes downstairs a little bit before seven. He's like, how long have you been up? I'm like, since 4.30, I'm wide awake. Here we go. And then I went back to bed for an hour and I cleared away my things I had this morning just to take care of me. But there was that point where if I'm not sleeping, then get up. Yeah. Don't, don't try it because then I just lay there going, why can't you get back to sleep? Why can't you get back to sleep, Sherlock? Come on. You should yeah. be able to go back to and sleep. And then doing the mental math of like, if I fall asleep now, I'll have this many hours and then it keeps getting lower and you're like, oh no. <laughs> I know. And then I'm like, just get up. Just, just get up. 
do something different. And I think that's part of it is not trying to continue to do the things that aren't working, but mm-hmm. to really say, okay, I will make a switch, whether it's get up or it's clean the house or it's clean your mental house. I think it's, it's great. Um, those are, I love your stories. And I, but I want to take one more minute just to, to talk again about when you decided to walk in at your one year review and say, I'd like to be 50% owner in that company. How long did you think about that, prepare that? How did you get yourself prepared for that? Because I'm always trying to to, um, help. I do a lot of coaching with people about, you know, when and how to negotiate a new position or a raise. And um, so I have some little tips that I always give people, but I'm curious about, you know, what you did in the process because it's, I'm very, very impressed with it. Cool. Yeah. I, I love negotiation. I do not like know the steps like you do. I'm not a pro. I kind of wing it. Um, But I would say the biggest thing and the biggest tip I would have for people is that when I walked into that review to make that ask, this was not news to Jess because I was talking about what I wanted. I wanted to be a business owner. I was talking about it. We were talking about starting another business together and then realized that it didn't really make sense. And I, every time there was an opportunity to bring it up, I was like, hey, I want this. I want to be a business owner. I want to be in it together. And when I asked for 50% equity, I knew that Jess was on board, but her husband needed to be part of the decision. And so they came with an offer that was less than 50%. And the other thing that made it easy was I wasn't like trying to get as much as I could get. Like I didn't have a secret number. I was going for 50% or nothing. And I like to be really authentic in negotiations. Like I don't play games. Like I give my only offer outright and I don't make it an ultimatum. I wasn't like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to stay with the business. But she knew that someone who wants to be an entrepreneur is going to start a business at some point. So she knew that to keep me really long-term, I would probably need some type of ownership, but I would never say like, I'm walking if you don't give me this, because that wasn't true. I would have absolutely stayed and worked just as hard without ownership and then started a business eventually. Right. Exactly. No, I think that's, it's brilliant. Um, all those things are, are what I counsel people as well as it should never be like a bomb that's dropped, Yeah, you know? <laughs> and if it's as little as, you know, Hey, uh, an email first that says, um, I can't wait to see us in our review next week. Just so you know, there's a couple things that I will want to be discussing to prepare you. Um, you know, it's X, Y, and Z. I'd like to discuss, you know, a raise. I'd like to discuss, you know, different benefits, whatever. And you don't have to give your whole hand there, but you are prepping to say, I'm going to come with an ask. And that it shows great respect for your leader because you're not trying to surprise them. Mm-hmm. Um, it also requires you and forces you to be thoughtful in what you want and what you're looking for. I always tell people, you know, make sure you know what's a non-negotiable for you, what's really, really important, what's something you really want, but you can live without. And what are the gratis things that, you know, if that came along, that'd be wonderful. And, um, you know, and how you, you post those. But the other thing is too, is if you come in making, this is my line in the sand, then you're not in that you're not being authentic anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, why, why would anybody say, why would anybody listen to that? And sometimes businesses will do that because they'll want to keep somebody for a while. But anytime somebody came to me to make a demand when they were working for me, my next thought was, 
uh, how long do I need to keep them to retain whatever information before I let them go? Because I don't, I'm not going to be held hostage by anybody. <laughs> yeah, absolute same. If someone does something like that, even if I keep them for a while, I'm, I'm no longer considering them one of my A players because I know they're not all in if they're going to do that. The, the other thing is, um, what you said, what we talked about earlier of like employees going into businesses and being like, I can do this. Another thing is because I had high integrity and because I set goals and I achieved them and just saw that while I was like, I'm going to make this happen. Like we're going to do this and I would implement it and we would do it. So another thing I was talking about was the business was at probably $400,000 in annual revenue at the end of 2017. And I was like, we can get to seven figures. I can get us to seven figures. And, and I'm writing down numbers. I can take your take-home income, triple what it is right now in one year. I'm 100% sure. And here's how we can do it. And I showed her the breakdown of the numbers because I love numbers. I love, like, I'm, I'm not, I don't do like advanced math at all, but I love simple numbers because you can put stuff in reality of like, that's this many sales. Like that's a doable goal. And so because I had that as well, she knew that it would be an investment to give me equity. Absolutely. I love it. And the, you know, it's funny, my last guest was, we were just talking about numbers and about how important they are and how the language of business is math. And I'm glad that somebody else does my math for me most of the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I love numbers because they give you so much clarity and it, we were we do launches and they're awesome and we have a coach who we work with on the launches because this is her expertise kelly wrote she's incredible she invented the live launch method and we love it and we had been you know successful over the past almost year with our launches and getting coaching from kelly but we weren't quite getting to the bottom like i knew there was one piece that if it clicked in we would just skyrocket these launches. And I realized that we were talking to her about how they were going. So what she was hearing was our story about the data. So I yeah. realized she needs to see the numbers. So I set up a, a spreadsheet with all the launch numbers side by side for each launch. And immediately she looked at those and was like, oh, it's this easiest fix ever. But we mm. never would have seen it. It was a blind spot for her and she, or for us. And for her, if she was just hearing what we were telling her was going well, she wasn't actually seeing objectively what was going on. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, yeah, it's, it's all about, you know, continuing to look and yeah. to uncover and say, and asking why, 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 why as many times as you can. Mm -hmm. Goodness, I love it. So many great uh, points for you. So we're... Um, we're nearing the end. I know we'll have all your contact information on the show notes, but in case somebody just can't wait and they have to, you know, dial you up right now, what's the best way for them to find you? Um, well, our website is interviewconnections.com, but if you're on Facebook, the best way to connect with us and be in our community is our um, free Facebook group, the Guest Expert Profit Lab, which is at interviewconnections.com slash group. And it's a very valuable resource. If you're a business owner and you want to learn how to implement podcast guesting for your visibility and as a revenue stream, or you're already doing it, but you want to get more strategic about monetization, we have free masterclasses and trainings, and there's an ongoing conversation too. So you can ask me and Jess and our team questions kind of as you're going. Wonderful. Sounds great. We will have that. So before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I think just, just stick with it. Like the climb from 2020, it, it may take a couple years to fully do it, but just 
seeing that the stuff that's falling away right now, even if it's not, even if it's not stuff you wanted to let go of, is probably clearing the way for you to build something bigger that is really what you actually want. I agree. Very, very, very wise. Margie, thank you so much for being a guest with me today. It has been an absolute pleasure to pick your brain and learn from you. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.